0: Okay, we'll bring Andy Brickley into the conversation. Andy, how many goals did you have in your career? I don't know.
1: Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Join the club. I like it.
0: All right, we'll it's do like a compare wants, and contrast. I don't feel like Add playing Add Andy to the list on this. Get Andy involved too. Okay. <laughs> Andy Brickley brought to us by Shaw's Supermarkets. Andy joins us every week to talk about the Boston Bruins and hockey in general. Andy, I got to go off the page and start away from the Bruins for a second. All right. Did you see? Sure. Did you see Connor McDavid break his hand in a fight last night? I saw a quick footage of it, yeah. What did you think about that, and what did you think about him um, being willing to engage, knowing everything that's on the line for him? I guess he'll probably still be the number one pick overall, but, I mean, my gosh, a player that good, you don't want to mess with your hands, do you?
2: No, you don't, but, uh, you know, things happen, and they happen for a reason, and they happen fast, and, uh, you know, if you're overanalyzing and and not just being reactionary in this sport, then you're not going to be the player that he is, so... Just one of those things. It's part of the learning process, and uh, I don't think it's going to change anything in his future.
0: Where were his teammates? Like, shouldn't isn't that the excuse for fighting in hockey? Is that you got to have a regulator out there? Somebody on the ice has to be allowed to protect the best players when some dink and that's what the guy was being. He charged at him. He whacked at him. And the other guy instigated the fight, in my opinion. Where's the team? Yeah, Who cares what the third of the, man some in of
1: the is? Greatest.
2: Yeah, but some of the greatest players, uh, you know, stand up for themselves, and that's what is is part of what makes them great. Uh, you know, there's nothing I enjoy more than a really talented hockey player that in the right situation, and I'm not saying this was the right situation, that, that has that willingness to drop the gloves and stand up for himself. And I, and I think that goes a long way to getting the respect and getting yourself out of situations in the future, uh, you know, where you have to stand up for yourself again. So, uh, maybe not the best case, maybe not the best decision, and maybe you make a good point about uh, someone else being able to to police the situation. But I really admire a guy that stands up for himself in certain situations.
1: You know, Brick, there was a lot of concern, um, you know, with the Bruins. Obviously, when Chara went down, and I think now what are we six and one? I think the team is six and one without zedano Chara. And I want to ask you, what what do you see differently from from Dougie Hamilton? Because it seems like he has kind of taken that role. There's just is there more? Does it seem like there's more freedom? Was he just taking that right now on the ice?
2: No, I think that's a good way to phrase it. Uh, a little bit more of a green light, a little bit more of uh, this is my defensive pair. I'm not Chira's partner. I'm, I'm Even though I'm playing with a, a veteran guy like Seidenberg, I'm going to be more of the, the leader. I'm going to kind of set the pace. I'm going to jump into the play a little bit more. I'm going to really make that first pass and jump into the play and be the fourth man on the attack. I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive on the pinches in the offensive zone because I have the skating ability to get back. But... You know, it's he still makes mistakes. He's 21 years old. You know, we've seen a couple of instances where guys are getting behind him in the neutral zone for breakaway chances. A little too spread out with him and Seidenberg. Uh, there's, some, there's still some defensive coverages that, when you really break down the game and break down the tape, you see some of those mistakes. But that being said, since jar has been out, he's been unbelievable. He really has, as far as helping this Bruins team be able to win as much as they've been able to do in Char's absence. But it gets a little tougher now. They've had some opponents and some home ice where where they've won some games without some style points, but this will be a tough one tonight. The Kessel line has been reunited. Uh, I'm sure they're excited about having a better performance than they did last time when Boston was in, uh, was in here without Shara. And then, of course, Montreal Thursday night. So it gets tougher, and those young defensemen, uh, the microscope stays on them.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned Montreal Thursday night. I just wanted to touch on that real quick with uh, Tuka Rask specifically. I mean, he hasn't played his best against Montreal, and even the last time they played, they lost 6-4, and four, and he got pulled, and obviously we know what the final score was. But what is it about Montreal with Tuka Rask? Is it just that's his nemesis, or is it just what can he do to kind of you know get over the, the hump and, and beat them?
2: Well, obviously, he's more equipped to answer that question than I am, but uh, it's just, it's, my guess would be it's just one of those things. That is, that's his nemesis. Uh, Even when he's played well, you know, he still seems to give up, you know, three, four goals against those guys. And, uh, you know, things happen real quick in Montreal. They they sense when you're you're down and they go on the attack. A lot of times they'll score goals in in rapid succession uh, when they have you a little bit wounded. My expectation is that he won't play in Montreal, (laughs) to be honest with you. I expect him to play here tonight in Toronto. And then uh, because it's such a late game, 8 o'clock, they won't get in there again until probably 3 in the morning. And my expectation is they may see Spitberg in Montreal Thursday.
0: Andy Brickley with us from Nesson. Bruins have won five in a row. Meanwhile, Brick, some of the other teams within the Atlantic are making some moves. Like, for instance, Montreal going out and getting Sergey Gonchar to help them with their anemic power play. And Ottawa apparently is in the mix to maybe bring back Marion Hosa, uh, just two points behind the Boston Bruins. That's a rumor that's out there. Your thoughts on uh, some of the other moves that are being made in the division?
2: Well, uh, it was with the Gonshaw acquisition. Uh, that got my attention. Uh, this guy's 40 years old, and, and if he can't play in Dallas, I don't see how much he's going to help Montreal. Yeah, they need help on their power play, no doubt about it, but you also still have to be able to play five-on-five. Five and uh, And I don't know. I, I just don't think it's a a, a, a huge upgrade for the Montreal Canadiens, and it tells you that uh, they're struggling. They're struggling on the on the on the defensive side of the puck, and and they're looking for answers themselves. I think it's interesting too. There was a story that came out recently about the uh, the salary cap maybe not going up.
0: Yeah, we uh, talked about that like yesterday, was, Brick. Actually, You yeah, brought that up a yeah. lot.
2: So that kind of puts uh, you know people that. <laughs> That are making money more in play in terms of you know making moves because the expectation. Like I mean Chicago, what do they do? They went out and signed those two guys. They're huge money Cain and saved. and they they have to move guys that have significant salaries. So uh, yeah, that may be part of that impetus where You see, you see, talented people that carry sizable uh, contracts on the move.
1: Yeah, that, that seemed very odd, Brick, just sticking with that salary cap. Because I mean, you know, if you're GM, if you're Peter Shirelli. And if you're being told now, you know I don't know if you're supposed to you, know, you buy and believe everything you hear, but if it was to the point where you're being told what the salary cap would go up, I mean, as a GM, you plan for the future. Did they kind of get the rug pulled out from underneath them, and because that's going to affect this league, right?
2: Yeah, without any more information, uh, fellas, that would be my reaction. Absolutely, if I was a GM, and and here are the projections, and you know I'm planning accordingly and, and making timely deals and signing people timely thinking, all right, this is what I'm going to have for this year. This is how I'm going to compete for the Stanley Cup. And then this is what it looks like next year. And, and here's where my turnover needs to be because I'm going to cultivate young players and they're going to command less salary. But I need to lock this guy up for X amount of years at this price based on the projections. Sure. I'd be i I'd be a little bit angry.
0: All right, Brick. We looked it up. We've done our homework. Merloni, 14 home runs, nine seasons. Fourier, 22 touchdowns, 13 <laughs> seasons. Brick, 82 goals in 11 Damn. seasons. Congratulations. You win, Andy. the
1: cap, Brick. Well done, sir. Going away.
0: Sir. Hey, uh, did, of those 82 goals, how many of them were backwards with a stick between your legs like Seth Griffith?
2: <laughs> uh, I'd have to say none. That was pretty impressive, wasn't it? Oh, oh, no, that was
0: pretty good. That yeah. was pretty.
1: Yeah. Not, not many times you see an NHL goal, like number one play, right, in ESPN. You don't really see that too often. Yeah, they
0: don't tip their hat too much to hockey at ESPN. Hey, uh, well, I
2: think I might i might have had one one night when uh, Bork hit me in the face with a slap or it broke my cheekbone, but it went right under the crossbar behind Barrasso, so that was pretty good.
1: Now, did you get the goal? Bork got the assist? Oh, yeah, I got credit for it.
0: It's better if it breaks your cheekbone, for crying out <laughs> loud, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, I had blood pouring out of my face, but Ray was doing a nice celebration of the neutral zone.
0: Hey, uh, <laughs> Brick, we got to jump here, but I do want to get your feedback real fast before we go on this uh, theory that the shootout is going away pretty soon because the AHL format is working out to the point – that now only 16% of overtime games have gone to the shootout, that um, hockey executives on the NHL level are going to like this and we're going to adopt the 4-on-4, 3-on-3, split-7-minute format. What do you think about that?
2: All in favor. I love it. You know, when the, when the shootout first uh, came into being, because I'm in television, I understand that viewers and, and the audience in these buildings, they want a winner. They don't want ties. They want a winner of some sort. So the shootout, that was the advent of the shootout. So I was for it. But now that I've seen it, and I've seen that what the American League's been able to do and implement in order to get games to end on hockey plays instead of a gimmick, I am all for it.
0: Okay, how gimmicky though? My response to that brick would be, and this is where I come down on it. Uh, if you look at the games that did go to overtime, um, there was 36 of them. 16 have been decided four and four, but 14 have been decided three on three. Isn't three on three pretty gimmicky?
2: No, no, it's not. It's it's still hockey plays. There's still lines. You got to. You know, you got to stay on side. Uh, you know, it opens up the ice. It creates more opportunities for two on ones, uh, high quality scoring chances. It's still hockey, and it's not just, all right, I'm a better breakaway guy than you are. All
0: right, Brick, thanks a lot. Appreciate it, and congratulations on being Lou and Christian. <laughs> thanks, fellas. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy Brickley joins us each and every week from Nesson to talk Bruins hockey and hockey in general.